Hello everyone and welcome to the Absolute Cycling Podcast. Here we share stories, ideas and tips on all things cycling. I am your host Johan Weikert and I look forward to spending this time with you. Hello everyone, I'm sitting with my good friend Willy and uh, we embarked on this gravel uh, adventures together. So uh, I'm going to catch up with him every now and again and we're going to just talk gravel in general. Willy, welcome to... Uh, to this uh, little podcast about gravel. Yeah, thanks, Johan. It's, uh, gravel became a passion for us long before gravel was actually something when we bought two uh, CX old cyclocross bikes and we started to uh, put a thicker tire yeah. on a road bike. So, Vinny, you, I ride a, a, a Rondo, which is a, a Polish bike, and you, you're on a Trek checkpoint? Yeah, the Trek checkpoint, yeah. The, it's the top end one at the time I bought it. Yeah, so it's... And then, can you, can you tell me about the, 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 the tires and wheels and stuff you use? And we're going to talk about, you know, riding gravel around guys in a bit just now. But I mean, you know, I think people see, um, when they hear the word gravel, they believe they can't do it if they don't have a gravel bike. I mean, we, we ride too much gravel and we know that the bike is just, you know, it's basically anything that can handle the terrain is not necessary to be. Doesn't have to be a gravel bike. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a case of, um, you know, I, w- I always say gravel fits. Or I think we all know gravel fits somewhere between a mountain bike and a and a road bike. But you can take your mountain bike on a gravel bike. I wouldn't necessarily take my mountain, my gravel bike onto a proper single track technical mountain bike terrain. That's not the the thing. But you can take your road bike on a smooth gravel bike oh, on a smooth uh, gravel road. So yeah, for me, it's a case of, it's just a, it's a passion, it's a mindset, it's an attitude to ride gravel, and it gives you options, gives you options. If you have to go through some single track somewhere you have to, or a path, a goat path, or something, you can do it, but you can travel quicker, faster, um, yeah, I, whatever I mean, you want. My, my wife has been an um, anti-draw bar bike forever and ever, and it took me about two years to get there on a gravel bike, as long as I... And I took the drop bar off and put the flat bar on, and she's absolutely loving it. And I, and the other day, I asked her what is what makes gravel different to her, and she just said the speed. The bike just travels faster. There's, you can't compare the speed of a of a smooth terrain to what an outmate will go on the, on the same terrain. Yeah, I think that's exactly the same philosophy I have. <clears throat> it's not a case that um, you have to have a gravel bike to travel. On open roads, that's not the principle, but it's it is faster. It's just on average, your average speed on a ride is between five to sometimes even ten k's per kilometer faster. It just happens. So, really, I mean, both of us have got two sets of wheels. We we run a normal seven hundred C wheel set, which is in essence a twenty nine er wheel uh, with a forty three C tire. Yeah. And then we've got a, a 27 and a half inch wheel set with a with a wider tire. Um, I mean, I've, I've experienced the, the amazing difference between the wider tire when the terrain gets a bit rough, more rough, and 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 the the, the, the narrower, bigger wheel for for the smooth stuff. But if you had to choose one, which one would you take? Um, if I have to choose one, I'll go for the 650 with the option of having a a wider tire. On, on my bike. But I can use two examples. <clears throat> two years ago, I rode a three-day event with, with my son, Yaku, on, yeah, I call it the 29er 
for the 700C and um, was sort of a 46 tire on it. We cycled in a Southern Cape. Uh, we both had the bigger wheels on. We did actually quite well in the event, just the tires was right, the size was right for the terrain. Last year I did an event, uh, no, it was actually beginning of this year, I did an event in, uh, in the Cape, in the sort of Tulbach area. And I took my 650s with, in mountain bike terms, it's actually a 2.1 tire. And because of that terrain, that tire and that wheel size, actually I realized this would be more comfortable more often uh, in, for sort of all terrain. And it's not, the tire is not rolling slower. The problem is if you, or it runs slower when you, when you go bigger knobblies on your tire. Now, this is not a mountain bike, this is a gravel bike. So I, I prefer a less knobbly tire. Not as smooth, but just not all that resistance. Yeah, I mean, I've, 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 we've got friends that, I mean, I've got a friend who just bought himself a new set of gravel wheels and tires. And he's uh, going against my advice, but for going for the smoothest tire he can find. And now, you know, you, theoretically, if you look at a tire, you can go faster, but gravel is about control. You, you yeah. can't, it's not a straight line. Yeah. And gravel, you know, the best gravel out there, there is some form of thin, small gravel on there. So the bike tends to move on those things. Yeah. So you need a bit of grip. You can't, you can't put a sleep. <laughs> yeah. We, we, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've explored this gravel space so much. I mean, you both of us is right. You know, you said earlier, we shouldn't, you shouldn't use the gravel back from single track, but we've ridden, both of us have ridden some pretty gnarly single track. Yeah. With the gravel bikes, I think that the, the one that really, you know, the terrain that really gets us, what makes it impossible is is, uh, is sheer drop-offs and lots of rocks. Because I know you've, I mean, I remember you telling me going down a, 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 a quite a big drop-off in car kloof <laughs> with your gravel bikes. I know it's doable. Yeah, and the only reason I went down there, because I've never done that piece of single track in a car kloof. It's close to, it's close to the falls. And once I entered, I realized there is no stopping. You just come. Now, the gravel bike doesn't have a suspension or anything. I just had to go into the droppers and, <laughs> and go through. So. I, and then, really, we get, we get people that want to buy a gravel bike, and they think a gravel bike is a bike with drop bars. And I, and, I, and, I, and I keep on telling them that the continuum of a gravel bike is, if we, is as big as the continuum of cycling because you can get a gravel bike to race with, or you can get... A CX bike, which is a very aggressive gravel bike, which is more focused for, for, for secret cross. And then you can go all the way to the other side of the scale where you've got a gravel bike to do hardcore bike packing and touring with. And, and, and you need to understand what your niche is going to be before you just jump in and buy, yeah. buy a gravel bike. No, I agree. Because, and then you can have, um, aluminium or you can have titanium or you can have an old steel, yeah. not old, but you can have a steel frame or you can have a, a carbon frame. So yeah, uh, <clears throat> the call is what do you want to do with the bike. I'm back on the on the story of yes, if you buy a gravel bike, for me it's a principle of the open roads, the the experience of just riding forever and ever, and comfort. Mm. That's that's the principle. Yeah, I mean we uh, we uh, we uh, since we've started riding gravel bikes, we've just seen so much more of, of our beautiful country. It just just opens up. Everything. I mean, yeah. we've both got very nice mountain bikes, and to take those mountain bikes on an open road, it's like, it just kind of doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah it, it feels, uh, yeah, as you say, it feels wrong. It's, my my travel bike is a gravel bike. 
So whenever we go, call it on a holiday, or we have a breakaway weekend or whatever nowadays, it's just, it travels light in the sense you, it hangs smaller behind your car or if you have to box it or whatever, it's so much easier and lighter. Yeah. So that's become my preferred travel bike. And also, when you're in an area and it's an unknown area, it's easy to find open road. Yeah. You know, whether it's a bit of tar or gravel or whatever. Yeah. But if you've got your mountain bike with you, your mindset tells you you need to go and find a local single track. So yeah, your your choice is a bit better. So really, we we live in we live in Hilton, and the, the Cajun Midlands offers like unbelievable gravel riding. Um, I mean, just from the back into Dara, the Carcliffe area, you know, up into into uh, towards Winterton, even towards Underberg, we've just got we've just got there's a whole maze of of gravel roads north of Nottingham, that whole area in the Canberra is just roads and roads and roads. Yeah, and they're quiet. I mean, the, yeah. we we go, you never see a vehicle. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a, that's the other thing about gravel. I recall two years ago in the in the Hazy View area, I also had the gravel bike, and I I left there and I cycled to Frostcourt through through the plantations. You just use all the access roads. Aim and go. <laughs> yeah, and so eventually landed up at Pilgrim's Rest. So. Oh, no, it's okay. So if you if you have to say what's your favourite gravel route around. The case in Midlands, what will you think? It's called Middle Road. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that because that's just it's one. It's a road between Curry's Post and the Quark Loop Road, and it's, it gives you everything. You think from this way, from this side to that side, it's up, and then you think, no, it's not. And then you, you get that smooth area where suddenly you, you do 50k, 60k an hour on your gravel bike. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, and the views, if you the views yeah. down towards the Cockleaf is beautiful. That, I agree with you. That's that's definitely one of my favorite roads. Uh, sometimes you you on these roads and you think, am I in Europe or not? You know, it's just, yeah, so different. Yeah. So before everyone go and find Middle Road, Middle Road is part of the Cockleaf Trail Network, so you need to have the Cockleaf Pass. <laughs> don't don't go and ride there. Make my ask you for your tag. Yeah, there's a, there are security right on Middle Road, and they're going to stop you and ask you for your for your pass. So please just make sure you've got. You've ticked the boxes. Um, and then, have you got any any serious gravel events you're still planning for this year? Yeah, there's actually one coming up. It's the uh, uh, in the Underberg, uh, end of July. Um, and then I'm sort of debating to go and do the one in the Southern Cape. It's called the uh, uh, Dirty South. Uh, it's a three-day event. Um, I think one also have to tell you, put the gravel space into perspective. Gravel started off as you go and do your own thing type of thing. Nowadays you get gravel events per se and you get gravel races. And there are some of these, or oh, there's a race now, I think it's the race to the, to the sea is now South Africa's gravel champs. And actually the one at the end of this month is KZN's uh, champ. So there's a race element that has uh, snuck into, into the system, but yeah. We're all competitive probably somewhere in our blood. Uh, we all want to do that. So, um, And then there's always, always wake up in the middle of the night and think about a bikepacking thing to do for two days or three days. Uh, you know, some, somewhere in case of it. So those, those multi-day events, you did, like you did you just mentioned, they, 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 they've got like time segments yeah. during the day. Yeah. I... I like the concept. It's not the person that's, it's almost like a race, which is a tour. So you see the countryside because 
how they do it, they've got three or four, depending on the day, Strava segments on the route. So, for example, the one I did with my, my son, <clears throat> he wanted to win this thing, and he and a, and a friend of himself said, listen, we, we're going to race every segment. So when the segment started, they disappeared. They left the group. They did the segment, and at the top of the hill or the bottom of the hill or whatever, they waited for the whole group to, to get together. And then you ride and you chat and you stop and you know you whistle with the birds and so on. So that I like that concept. So yeah, it's a, a three-day I mean, tour, but a bit of a race element. But you're over within ten minutes or three minutes. And yeah, that's one of the beauties yeah. of Carol. That's the, the the social component. I mean, we can kind of say it's the surfing of mountain of cycling because it's really the social component is, is massive. It's just it's just massive. And the and the and the kit, you know, the kit is becoming. I mean, it's like a fashion statement, but not tight like that. Yeah. It's like baggies and loose-fitting cotton shirts, and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah there's a there's a, glo- a global trend, actually, that gravel is different from a clothing perspective. Mm. South African people are still, you know, as tight as possible type of thing, but it is changing. The, these dirty self-events, um, I've done two of them now. Yeah, the in thing was actually to have the most colorful shirt, button shirt, um, you know, yeah, so it's, it's like it's a cult, a cult following yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah. You know, and if you follow the international scene, um, um, subscribe to a few gravel magazines globally and so on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the fashion statement is different, you know, that old uh, checkered long sleeve shirts that uh, our parents probably wore and had uh, during winter time. That's an in thing in, in the colder parts of Europe to cycle with your. Yeah, uh, look, I mean, we, we will agree that, that there were some clothing manufacturers that jumped in that bandwagon in the beginning of, of Cameron's Africa and they, and they used the most disgusting material. But yeah. luckily, <laughs> that's improving and it's getting more comfortable, those, those button-down shirts. Yeah. yeah, the comfort companies, because you're sitting on that bike for much longer than you yeah. go on do 20 kilometers single track, full, full yeah. stop. You, you ride five, six hours. Yeah. So yeah, you just need comfort. But we've also done we've also done some some bike packing trips. I mean, you know, we've done one or two together, and then you and I have separately done some some bike packing trips as well. And and I think I also want to highlight here that a bike packing trip does not mean that you have to go and ride gravel the whole time. And my wife and I did one last month in the Cape four days, and uh, let me just and we did about seventy to eighty k's a day on average. And before people think that's very short, because they think of the August tour, they can smash 300Ks and then 100Ks in three hours. The minute you put a load on your bike, the bike's way slower. So uh, you know, I think 100Ks on a bike packing day is, is, a, is a massive day. So, yes, and we rode, we rode mostly tar, which, uh, which, you know, if you were used to with gravel, you think, oh, it's not the right thing to do, but it was, it was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. No, I think it's definitely, you know, people mustn't think that when you do bikepacking or even a few days of gravel riding that you always have to do 120, 150 or 160 or whatever kilometers that, that become extreme because you're not in a race mentality. You know, so your day can actually become too long. Yeah, you, know, you can't you get, stop. You get to a point where you think, um, what's next? You know, yeah, I need yeah. to get to my bed. You feel rushed all the time. I agree with you. So, 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 you know, if you want to plan a bike pack trip, you know. Shorter is better as a start. Shorter is better. I mean, 
yeah, I think so. If you aim, if you have a reasonable fitness and you, and you aim for like a 70k day, that's a nice, a nice day. You'll still feel like you've done something today. Yeah, part of gravel is to plan it around the stops. Yeah, you know. So we've, I've done a gravel ride with a group where I actually had a little gas stove and a bailetti with me, and I served uh, espressos when we stopped. You know, it's just, yeah, you do you do it differently, but it takes. It then takes half an hour, 40 minutes out of your day. Yeah. But it's part of it. So, yeah, yeah, if you're now trying to do 150 Ks, you start rushing your last bit, and then tomorrow the people are tired. You know, so. yeah. But you actually planned a, a, a gravel ride for tomorrow morning. So, we're going to do an 85K gravel ride. It's areas that we've ridden quite often. Mm. Um, but it, it always stays fresh because you, you know. Yeah, but you can link it up differently. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Don't have to do the same route, same circle yeah. every day. Travel, let's just quickly um, talk about a bit more gadgets because <laughs> we are, you know, we cycling is one of those things that gadgets gadgets get to keep us going and looking at the next in thing. I mean, it is so. And your bike, you 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 use one of those little bags in the front of your of your handlebars like all the time. That's kind of fixed your bike yeah yeah it's a leather it's a little leather pouch um again thousands of different ways of of manufacturers um that make these little bags what i liked about this one i discovered it in cape town a local guy who you know that part of uh cape town woodstock area there's a lot of old textile industry people he discovered this this dude with a sewing machine and he makes these little bags minus full leather I actually I think I gave you one of those as well. It's a bit of hoding in it. It's yeah. character to it. Um, one of my nice new gadgets I discovered was a small little hand pump because, you know, it's something that you have to travel with anyway. It doesn't matter what. So does it pump live in the pouch? It lives in the pouch now. There's a banana in there. Sometimes there's a bar in there, you know, that um, it's easy to reach type of thing. But yeah. Uh, on a gravel bike, for me personally, the saddlebag irritates me with a passion because because of the corrugation and so on, that rattles. saddlebag rattles. Yeah. Whereas the front, front bag has movement in it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so my, the tools are as small as possible. You know, so I'm a gadget man, so you're looking for something new. <laughs> so all those are actually smaller. It fits in there. And, you know, if you travel with these small little jackets, you know, just for in case there's a bit of rain or it's mm. colder, you know, you get these things that fold as small as your fist. I just push it in there. So. Yeah. But that's just everyday riding little pouch. Yeah. And there's obviously all the other packing yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we something that, uh, that that we've discovered quite quickly in our backpack or, or camera riding experience is that the wheels, mountain biking, they tell you the, travel, the carbon wheels is nice. And then you put the carbon wheels on and you, you've got suspension, all those kind of things. So you don't really understand what a carbon wheel is doing for you. And then in a road biking, they talk about aerodynamics and then you put a carbon wheel on and you get blown around by the wind a bit. Gravel is the one thing where we've really understood that how a carbon wheel, just the way it absorbs the vibration, how it makes an enormous difference. Even I, you know, so I, I, my wife's got an aluminium bike with carbon wheels and, 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 and even that little change has made a huge difference. Yeah, we, we've got a, a guy in our sort of, uh, Cycling family bought a, a aluminium Rondo like yours, and he was also playing around with wheel sets until he said no. You know, carbon wheel sets made the huge difference. 
on absorbing of uh, vibration and so on on this bike. Yeah, so I mean, for me, if that's doesn't matter what bike you buy. Yeah, yeah of course, carbon the, cost becomes an issue. Buy a cheap gravel frame or gravel aluminium bike, frame and carbon frame, wheels. and then spend a bit on on your wheels. Yeah, that's all. No, no, that's for that's for sure. One thing that we've realized, you and I, getting punches. Uh, I know gravel bikes for carbon wheels because those carbon wheels oftentimes a bit of a deeper section. Yeah. You don't you don't get gravel tires along valves. Yeah, the tubes. The tubes, yeah. Yes. No, I agree. So yeah, it's just remember we both made that mistake having a, a tube in the in the little bag, uh, and then you can't use it. Yeah, so, the valve. so uh, so yeah, so you know, tip tip number one of day one of our gravel chat is yeah. get valve extenders yeah. so that you can put your. Your carbon tube through your, or oh, sorry, your, your 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 gravel tube through your carbon wheel. Otherwise, you're not going to get to pump this thing up. Yeah. I remember walking yeah. a long way yeah. <laughs> that day when I saw that hole. Exactly. And then, the walls on tires, well, we've used a couple of different tires, and but I think we both agree that Panerasia is kind of our go-to tire. Right? Yeah. Now I've, I've played a lot with tire. I've played a lot with um, you know the knobbly, less knobbly, more knobbly, and so on. And I've got back to. The Panerasa, yes. for me, the ultimate. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the reviews, and the 700C, that's my preferred tire. If you look at the reviews worldwide, you you know, there's always someone that tells you that something else is better. And I know, you know, we've got a friend, Alistair Nair, who's spending a fortune on tires because he keeps on chasing chasing whatever we were saying about tires. But for me, the Panerasa is just the way to go. Yeah, and also because you're so exposed, so constantly on little rocks and stuff is yeah. don't don't go for the lightest tire and don't go try and find a tire where they say there's extra extra rubber on the yeah, side yeah, you yeah. Know, because to plug to plug a gravel bike tire is not a, as easy and as simple as a mountain bike. Yeah. So, yeah. And then we've also on you know whilst we're on tires we've also played with tire pressures quite a lot because yeah. originally when you get these things you think you have to pump them a bit harder. But, I mean, I think you are way below my pressure. I still run around at, like, 30 PSI, but I don't know where... I mean, 30 PSI, which is, like, 1.8 bar, which is not hot. Yeah, I'd sometimes go as low as 1.6. It's um, crazy to think that it's, yeah. you're talking about a, a 43-seat tyre. Yes. But, um, yeah, again, it's something you just play with. You know, if, if you sort of have an idea where you're riding and what the terrain is like, and you know 99% will be smooth, you can go, obviously, harder. But if you're totally unsure, you know. Well, also, you, know you spoke about it, that, that Underberg race end of the month. Um, there's a, you know, if you do the 90 kilometer, there's a descent that's very long. Mm-hmm. And if it's rutted, now I would run my tires too soft because you'll, you'll yeah. just smash your rim to pieces halfway down. But, you know, so, but in any case, I think, I think the, the important thing is you can err a bit to the softer side than the harder yeah. side. The harder side just makes the bike but horrible. It makes it horrible. But if you're new to it and you're starting to work it out, yeah, go hard first and then slowly work yourself down as you get comfortable on the bike as well. So okay, I'm going to go another two three minutes and then we're going to be done. I want to just be, you know, I think I think we're creating a bit of an understanding to people what 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 gravel bikes is about. Um, you know, there's also a massive debate versus you know two by twelve or eleven versus one by mm. twelve or eleven. I mean, both you and I ride one by group sets. Yes. Um, 
But I think we've done it because of the terrain we ride. We use we we, we ride a bit more technical terrain that is sometimes slower speed. Yeah. If you then do you agree, Vili? If you if if gravel racing was you think maybe a two by setup will yeah, be. Yeah. If you if you think of doing all the races that's on offer in the country, yeah, then I think a two by because it just gives you on that flatter areas. It gives you that big chain ring in the front. Yeah. Whereas um, I find it. I actually like a, the oval, um, and I've got a 38 oval on the front. And, um, yeah, it works for me, but I think to spin out sometimes, man. You've got it. You've, you've got, you've got what have you got in the back? You don't have the E30 cassette in the back, do you? Yeah. So you've got 946 in the back and a 38 oval in the front. Yeah. I think I'm running a 946 in the back and a 36 in the front. Yeah. yeah. But even with the now I know why you're riding away from me in the dark. <laughs> yeah, with uh, one or two races that I have done, you realize that the oaks on the two by with a bigger chain ring, yeah, they tend to disappear. Yeah, yeah something like the Swartberg 100, we've got a, that, uh, um, that long tall section through that barrier uh, sport. I mean, yeah. they fly through there, and, and one by is just not enough there. But I mean, we don't use that too much. And, 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 and although I participate in the, in the races, I'm more of a participant. Yeah, and and, and yeah, my, my, my passion is the, is the gravel touring. So, okay, Vinny, so let's uh, let's wrap it up there for the day. I, I, I'm, next, I'm going to, as I've shared with you, I'm busy changing my drawbar rondo to a flat bar rondo. Mm. And um, yeah, maybe next time we can talk about the concept of flare. The flare drop off, yeah, and the flat bar, and yeah. Wow. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to, to, to tell you about my my experience. It's just and and, and those of you listening to us to, today, um, if you if you really want to get your head in the in the beehive, go and look at a different style of flat gravel bars. They call them alt bars, and it can get very confusing. What is the right thing to do? So I'm busy navigating my way through this thing to see which floor will fit. What what I like to do. So uh, yeah, next time we talk about handlebar setups and gravel, and and then also I think the the underbar race would, would be done, and we can kind of yeah. maybe share some of our thoughts and views on on that at that event as well. Yeah, and at some some point in one of the chats, we can probably talk about all the options on when you do bikepacking. Yeah, yeah. There's a million and ten types of bags that you can yeah. attach to your bike, which which we like. Yeah. We've tried almost all of it, and and uh, yeah, and then and then even on the coaching side, a specific you know training for for travel is very different yeah. to to mountain biking. So, any case, any listener welcome to send me a, a message if they want us to deal with a topic that uh, you know that does have interest. And um, my uh, my email address is life l i f e at absolute motion. Just drop me an email, and uh, yeah, well, Valina, I can can kind of get stuck in this. You can hear Valina more. The, the, the gadgets guy, he's subscribing to a lot of gravel magazines. So, you know, between the two of us, I'm sure we're going to find you a solution. Gravel, yeah. okay, well, thanks for your, yeah. thanks for your time. Thank you. Until next time. Thank you, everyone. That's it for this podcast. Until next time, love the ride.